5: Hour two of the nightcap here on v That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray, live from the Circus Sportsbook. And, and I would say, you know, just kind of putting a finger up in the air and walking around out there. I wouldn't say it's the calm before the storm, but you could feel it, man. You could feel it building. And by the time this show ends in two hours, it's going to be pretty lively out there. It's, it's already getting there, but it is, I think it's just ramping up. To uh,
6: to a pretty wild weekend. The McGregor fight in Vegas. We haven't had one of these since before the pandemic. So and it's Garth gonna, Brooks. Oh well, I, how could I forget Garth? Sold out stadium <clears throat> across the street. Yeah, and also a little also, different and crowd. And well, no, no yeah, a different crowd for sure. Also, I mean, this is a pretty good weekend, all things considered. Team USA playing basketball oh, right. at, uh, at Mandalay Bay as as well. Yep. A pretty pretty solid weekend across yeah, the Dave board. Yeah, Dave Chappelle
5: and. Uh... And uh Joe Rogan doing their thing tonight. I think that was a hot ticket to get at the MGM garden. Bruno Mars is still playing uh concerts, so has yeah, a lot going on. It's a good time. Uh certainly here in Vegas, and it's gonna be 116 degrees tomorrow.
6: So good time to stay inside and go to sporting events and go to casinos. Tim Murray's gonna miss the hottest day in the history of this city tomorrow. Are you saddened by that fact? Shucks. <laughs> It was already like 115. It's not like it was like, it's gonna be like one
5: degree warmer than what we've already had I, oh, it's still I'm embracing it yeah uh, I'm in, I'm embracing the heat. um <laughs> uh, Jared Smith, our good friend is gonna join us here uh, in just a little bit. Shohei Otani, who is your favorite to win the home run Derby as we discussed, he hit a home run in Seattle tonight that may not have landed yet. This guy is something else. his 33rd home run of the season, and I mean, at, at this point, as we inch closer to the All-Star break, and and I remember a couple years ago, it was, uh, I'm trying to think, 20, 2015? I want to say Leonard Fournette at LSU was like minus 500 to win the Heisman Trophy, and didn't even get invited <laughs> to New York. <laughs> but man, it feels like, Jeff, that it is... Shohei Ohtani, MVP in the American League. Jacob deGrom, MVP in the National League. And yes, Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. Has, uh, has has a say about it. Um, who, who's challenging in the
6: American League? Well, look, I'm not fully on deGrom absolutely winning in okay. the NL. Uh, Tatis Jr. can absolutely win that award. I agree. Uh, yeah. And if the Padres end up winning the West, Tatis is going to win that award. Uh, but but you've guaranteed but, that the Mets will win the East. Yeah, but uh, again, it's a pitcher trying to win an award, win an MVP. It's just hard to do that as a pitcher. Uh, but for the for the AL, if Shohei Ohtani makes it the rest of the season, Tim, and does not get injured, he is going to win the award with ease, and he may even be unanimous. That's how good he has been. I mean, heck, I mean before the year, I mean the conversation was, Otani can be in the MVP race if he hits twenty homers. I doubt he's gonna hit 50 at this rate.
5: Who uh look at those odds right there. And I, I you know what's funny? Um I just saw Brady Cannon just tweet out about uh the odds for Shohei to win the home run derby. I don't know if one tape measure home run, you know, a couple days before the home run derby is gonna influence some casual better, but it doesn't hurt. Doesn't that, hurt things. And that's gonna I mean People are gonna fire on Shohei, and if he wins, he wins. But I, I just have a hard time betting the favorite in an exhibition. And we're gonna talk to Jared uh, about it. Full and, in-depth analysis, actually coming oh, right. Jared, Jared's all fired up, man. He was he was capping last night. He's got he's got a little inside info. I knew it. I haven't said it on the show about Trey Mancini, and <laughs> and he was like, I he's like I have this. I, I, I know something about Trey and, and what is past. I'm like, and I, I just he's like, You probably know it, and I do. But I'll leave it for Jared. He's got a little nugget on Trey Mancini to win the high uh, to win the uh to win the home I, if run. If Trey derby.
6: Mancini won the Heisman Trophy, we'd really be in the That would be impressive. <laughs> I mean he did go to Notre Dame, but uh, they haven't had a Heisman <laughs>
5: Trophy winner since eighty seven. Uh how are Nats doing? Hey, three three, let's go. Wow. after after blowing an eight run lead. Adeline back in, uh, in San Francisco because the Giants are wearing those hideous uniforms. It's the nightcap <laughs> here on V-CIN. is the nightcap here on v as we are uh, what, 24 hours from the McGregor fight?
6: Ah, a little bit, little bit more. A little bit more? A little bit more. probably midnight probably, Eastern. Walk, probably walk into the Octagon at about 1210, probably Eastern. starts about, or yeah, 1210 Eastern, starting about 1220 would be my guess. Give or take 25 hours away
5: from Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. A lot of USC 264 talk as the show goes on. Uh, hope to be joined by Dave Ross, who's going to be a, a key contributor, key cog on the network of talking UFC 264 tomorrow uh, with our preview show at noon Eastern 9 Pacific but let's head to uh, let's head to New York City and bring in our good friend Jared Smith at Jared Lee Smith on uh, Twitter uh, Jared a, a lot to get to but we'll start with the NBA Finals because we've probably talked way too much home run Derby we will get there um, but your thoughts on on what we've seen so far uh, I talked about it in the first hour. I love the Bucks in the first quarter on Sunday night laying two. I think this is a similar circumstance to what we saw against Brooklyn. still think the Suns win this series, but I'm not so down on the Bucks. I actually thought they played well. I thought the adjustments they had last night were pretty solid. At the end of the day, it's hard to beat a team when they go 20 of 40 from three.
2: Exactly. And it's also hard to beat a team when Drew Holiday takes 21 shots. Yes. That, I, I don't think that's the recipe. <laughs> um, I, I think I would I would rather see Chris Middleton take 21 shots. I, I know that Middleton took less than than Giannis and set, certainly took less than Drew Holiday. I'd like to see that balanced out a little bit. But I, I agree. And, and I think the things that Phoenix did well... They've won in different ways. Game one, they got to the line a ton. They didn't turn it over. Game two, they actually turned it over a bunch. Chris Paul had a bunch of turnovers, but they shot the three really well. And I don't think Milwaukee's offensive game plan in the second half was really strong. It was play random, right? That's what Coach Bud said uh, before the game. And certainly they did play random. They need to be a little more efficient. But the line move coming, you know, opening Milwaukee as a favorite, moving towards Milwaukee, certainly bullish for the Bucs in game three.
6: Jared, uh, we we talked about this a little bit earlier with the MVP market. Uh, Chris Paul going a little bit back. Still, you're laying a price on him. Uh, uh, As high as minus 140 or minus 120 was the low number that we saw out there. If you think Phoenix is going to win this series, and all signs point towards that uh, at this point, wouldn't you just lay the price with Paul? I know Booker had a great game too, but... When we're talking about awards voted on by individuals, narratives absolutely matter. 100%, Jeff. And that was what I was talking
2: about going into the series, where the the series price... And the CP3 price, there was still a big gap there. And there still is. And I still think that would be the way I would play it. If if, if you want to get invested with Phoenix for the series or late to the party, you can still get in at a reasonable price with CP3 to win the MVP. And I, I think Devin Booker played well, but he didn't – it wasn't eye-popping. What was it, 31 points? Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be 41, 50 points. I think that's the kind of numbers that he needs to put up in games three, four, five, maybe the closeout game, in order to steal the award away from CP3. I think if both guys are just kind of cruising altitude, which for Devin Booker, 31 points is kind of cruising altitude, I I think the benefit of the doubt goes to where the narrative is based, and that's obviously Chris Paul.
5: Yeah, I mean, he hit big threes, uh, you know, and and I've been so impressed by Devin Booker this postseason. I mean, the moment is definitely not, not too big for him. I think of the closeout game against the Lakers, uh, closeout game against Denver. But, yeah, it, we talked about it last night, and we, we felt like it was a, maybe a bet-on spot for Chris Paul uh, for the MVP, if you can bet on it, you can't bet on it now here in Nevada. But uh, because it was 23-8 and eight last night, Jared, it wasn't like he was a bum. I know he had six turnovers, which, yeah. crazy enough, he had less turnovers in the entire Denver series than he did <laughs> last night. But that was a testament to Drew Holiday. Crazy. You know, I'm very interested, though, of, of how Chris Paul will play the remainder of this series because I loved what the Bucks did defensively, which was get Chris Paul uncomfortable. You actually saw a little bit late in that game, Jared, where Chris Paul wasn't even bringing the ball up the floor. He was, he was tired yep. because Drew Holiday was checking him three-quarters of the court, and that's what they should have done in game one. I think that's what has to be maddening, too, is like you, you saw... The Atlanta series, they lose Game One. Uh, the you know they almost lost to Miami. It's a, it, and I and I know this is going to be you know classic sports talk radio guy. I'm not trying to do that, but it's like, did you not prepare <laughs> for Game One? Like what what were we doing? Why did we make these adjustments for Game Two? Because I actually, despite the loss last night, I like the adjustments that the Bucks made in that game, and especially defensively on Chris
2: Paul. They were playing random. Him. I mean, and, and honestly, I don't know. I don't know what it mean. I mean, I, I looked it up. What it means? So obviously, we know what random means. But I, I wonder if that's like some kind of code for just playing with reckless abandon. And and I do think there was a strategy. It wasn't totally random what they did to Chris Paul in game two. I I, I am curious to see what the counterpoint is because you know, if you were going to ask me who's the better coach in this series, I still say Monty Williams. Oh yeah. So Coach Bud adjusts in game two. They win the game, they cover the spread. What's the adjustment for game three? How does Monty Williams kind of counterpunch Chris Paul being harassed, taking the ball off the floor? Does Booker take it up the floor more? And we'll see. And and these are the ty- and this is why props in the NBA Finals are just so tough. I mean, at this stage of the playoffs, even in the second, third round and beyond, because you just don't know what those matchups are going to be. And it, it could change, and especially with Monty Williams, Bud might be a little more stubborn. But with Monty Williams, you know it's going to change fast if he sees an adjustment that he needs to make. So we'll see what that adjustment is for Game Three. But the odds are telling me the Bucks, based on where it opened and based on where the early movement was.
5: All right, it is uh, it is eleven eleven. Uh, make a wish.
6: We wish for footy, right? <laughs> there you go. That's all we got to do, right? Wish the winners. Yeah, footy footy time. So Jared, uh we'll go to Sunday. We'll go to Sunday in Wembley. England and Italy. Uh the folks in England wanted to come home, even though again, it really has never been home. England a slight favorite in regulation, slight favorite to raise the trophy. Jared, I for, for this one, I'm looking at betting uh an under two in the uh in the Asian markets. If you're uh, betting in the newer jurisdictions for here in Vegas, two is really the predominant number. I get the sense it's going to be a uh, a cagey match where both teams really just don't try to score for really 60-plus minutes. And then uh, I feel like England's going to find a way to get it done. But uh, what are your thoughts on this final in Euro 2020, England a plus-165 favorite in regular time?
2: Well, Jeff, if your pockets are deep and if your nerves are, are steel... Then a, a no score first fifteen, no score first thirty. You really want to get cute mm-hmm. with it. No score first half, and you know obviously the odds increase as you go further and further down the line. Under a seven and zero at Wembley, um, we talked about this a little bit on prior shows, but the grass is cut a little higher there at Wembley Stadium. You saw that over the weekend. Both games went over, or, or a little bit earlier this week, or both games went under. So I, I'm I'm convinced that the under is the play. Um, and they're making you pay for it for a reason. And, and I think that's why the odds are juiced up. As, but, but listen, I think, it's worth, I, I think it's worth the squeeze because I don't see this game getting to three goals very often. So even though you're laying big juice, I still think the under is in play. Who's going to win the match? I mean, it, I, I can give you trends for both sides. Italy's never lost to England in a major tournament. Italy is on fire. They've unbeaten their last 33 matches, but England's great at Wembley. So I, I feel like I can kind of split the baby in both directions with who's going to win, but I definitely have an edge to the under.
5: Well, you know, I'm still a little bit full from that Danish I ate last Saturday. Which <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. Just, mm,
5: that raspberry Danish was delicious. Oh, yeah. I was sitting back. It was and really good. Enjoying that. Uh, we, we sweated a little bit there. I was up 2-0. I was like, mmm, fat and happy. And then then it started to come back up a little bit. We got there. We got there. Uh, One, two, one. So you mentioned, and I know this has been something you've been tweeting about at Jared Lee Smith. uh, Check out great analysis uh, not just the footy, but other things as well. Um, You mentioned first 30 minutes. So here at Cirque, I'm looking at it right now. Will there be a goal in the first 30 minutes? Yes, plus 110. No, minus 130. Do you think it's uh, it's it's nil nil after 30
2: minutes? Yeah, that's a fair price, too, because in the last match, it was kind of minus 115 on on both sides there. So And obviously, the under is a little more pronounced in this match. The semifinals are always played a little bit more aggressively than the final. The final is historically played at a very conservative tempo. And you have Italy, who has just, I mean, both of these teams defensively, they finally conceded their first goals during the knockout stage, very late in the knockout stage. Uh, England's first goal conceded was that goal against Denmark. So I think both of these teams defensive shape, the lineup is going to be key. That's the X factor here. Gareth Southgate, is probably gonna throw us a curveball. He's thrown us a curveball in almost every match, the England manager. Italy's lineup, I think I know what we're gonna see, but they're missing one of their best two-way defenders, Spinozola. You saw that impact a little bit against Spain. They were not as aggressive offensively later in the match. They had to hang on and then get to penalties, and then they won it in penalties. So I think Italy's offense is a little bit hampered because Spinozola offers them so much from the back. Um, But England, to me, just has that mental, I think, I I can see England losing this match, before I see Italy winning it, uh, but I, I definitely think the under is the way I would I would I would look at it, and the no score first thirty looks good too.
6: I I agree with what you just said there. I could see England losing the match more than seeing Italy win the match, which uh, would be honestly you could write an you could write plenty of novels at this point on England losing matches that they have no business losing in major tournaments, Jared.
2: Yeah, and listen, the the coming home and all the stuff, you know, they they're gonna have the crowd edge until they don't. And what I mean by that, if it's nil-nil in the second half, 50th, 60th, 70th minute, Italy is tied, and they're looking like they might take a goal there, the The crowd might work against England, because of the, just the, the tension, and just the, the hype that has gone into this tournament, for England being able to play, you know, the final in front of their home fans. So it, it'll be an advantage early in the match, but I think if Italy can weather the storm, it actually might work against England a little bit later in the match, if things get a little bit nervy, down the stretch,
6: Jared. Uh, Monday is the home run derby at Elevation in Denver, which means someone, someone better hit up a 550 foot homer. That's all I'm going to say. Well, Shohei uh, Otani Elephant. just did it in he Seattle. You might have hit one in Seattle tonight, but <laughs> but but Jared, uh, Otani's your favorite, not surprisingly. Uh, you get him as as low as plus 200 behind us here at Circa, as high as plus 350 uh, in the newer wow. jurisdictions at DraftKings. Uh, Joey Gallo, the, the uh, second favorite, a plus four fifty across the board. Uh, Tim's guy, Trey Mancini, is the long shot. Uh, Fifteen to one is the peak on Mancini. No. Uh, how are you handicapping uh, this event? Because uh, we didn't have one obviously last year, and you have to take into account that uh, we're playing this is being played at a ballpark where the ball flies in normal circumstances. So it's really going to be flying on Monday night out in Denver.
2: Yeah, this is like arena football for the home run derby. Like it, it's gonna because you you have to skew the guys that do have the increased exit velo. Otani, Alonzo, Gallo, are the guys at the top of that list. Otani at two to one is I would not. I mean that's not a good bet to make. Um, I, I do like the bracket style. I think the matchups present some intrigue. You know, I think round to round. Um, I I certainly would be willing to nibble on a couple of those dogs. I think I'm fading Salvador Perez. Catcher's never won the home run derby. That's definitely a guy uh, that I would look to fade early. I think Joey Gallo, as much as I like the metrics... I don't know if the swing is consistent enough. With the home run derby, you want guys that have easy swings uh, that that don't have big loops. And I think, you know, even a guy like Olson, who's got that sweet lefty stroke, uh, might be an intriguing, you know, semi-long shot there, a little bit halfway down the board. But I heard Tim talking about the Mancini connection. Tim, are you sure that Notre Dame, guy? I was going to give it to you to, you know, bite into this nugget this is your guy here i mean i'll give it to you if you want no but no I appreciate no you, you, you teased, know, back for me. you you teased it up i didn't get <laughs> i didn't give it out
5: I would have forgotten <laughs> about it so i you know you mentioned it last night we were we were uh texting back and forth so let the people know the little the deep dive you found right. with uh with trey
2: mancini so in my eyes the most important x factor for who wins the home run Derby is who's pitching to you and Pete Alonso's a guy that made a change from his 2019 uh, pitcher, but in my eyes, the best story—and sometimes they bring guys off the street—but Trey Mancini has the best story of any pitcher, uh, you know, throwing to him because it's his old pitching coach at Notre Dame. Yep. And I-, I think that is a fascinating story. They won a home run derby together, the Big East derby back in 2012. Chuck Restano, <laughs> the pitching coach at Notre Dame, going to be tossing pebbles. Uh, to Mancini this week, and they said that if they, you know, you know, Trey, when they won it back in twenty twelve, if we ever, you know, if I ever made it to the Major League Derby. I'll bring you along. He, he stuck to his word nine years later. And just talk about the good karma for Trey Mancini. I mean, obviously, the cancer diagnosis, being able to overcome that. But now what you're seeing with him bringing back his old college coach, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to win it. He, you know, the metrics aren't good. He hits a lot of, you know, middle, third, opposite field homers, which is not what you want to see. You want to see guys be able to pull the ball. But in terms of the good vibes, I I mean, give me a ticket for Mancini. I would love to see him win yeah, this Yeah, 15-1.
5: to one, Uh, you know, and, and obviously, you know, a, a connection uh, we've talked about a little bit. Uh, you know, his uh, girlfriend is is a good friend, uh, Sarah Perlman. So uh, we're, we're pulling for him. Uh, and, and it would be an amazing story. And they're going to obviously be talking about it. And he couldn't couldn't be a, a better dude. So pulling for him. And he's a Notre Dame guy, you know. I actually, uh, fun, I was, I, I broadcasted in the Orioles organization for four years. But I never called Mancini. I called Mancini When he was at Notre Dame, I was the voice of Georgetown, and he hit two home runs against Georgetown. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Um, All right, uh, before we let you run, we got less than a minute. Uh, Anything on UFC 264?
2: Mm, No, I I did notice that the line moved against McGregor a little bit, and that's fascinating. But I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fight guy. I I have people that I trust. And I think that's you know you want to handicap matches and stuff, but I, I handicap cappers just as well, and I have two or three guys I really trust in UFC, one uh, female as well, and they do a tremendous job. And and they were noteworthy that the line was moving against McGregor. So that's the only note I will share with you about.
5: All right, he come, we he come, we, we bring him on for the footy, but he we uh, also bring in <laughs> my man for in depth coverage and in depth handicapping of home run derbies. You're the man, Jared. Love Appreciate it, it brother. Uh, and uh, enjoy. you gonna right, Jeff.
2: Are you gonna have him on next Friday? Put I, you on the spot. I, I, now.
6: Absolutely. Right.
2: Hey, we need. I think we... I'm in Atlantic City next Friday.
6: Actually. Uh, uh, there's even more if, reason if, to bring you I'm on, on vacation, Jared. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm that's on vacation. right. We planned <laughs> <I'm> it together. <laughs> in, in unison. Solidarity. All
5: right, Jared. <laughs> have yourself a good weekend. Follow him on Twitter at Jared Lee Smith. It's the Nightcap here on Veasan.
0: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more.
5: Alright, now things are getting getting lively, I feel like. Dave Ross is here, he's going to jump in studio and hang out for however long he wants. I mean, if he wants to go, you know, enjoy the vibes a little bit later on, but uh, always good to talk to Jared, uh, Jared Smith, and uh, love, his, uh, love his analysis and, and chatting with him.
6: Not coming on with you next week. I, I, in all honesty, I would have loved to have had him on from Atlantic City. That the only, only good things could have come from that, right, Tim? I
5: say, Jared, <laughs> eleven midnight Eastern uh, on uh, from Atlantic City. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Yeah,
6: I would. I would. I would agree with Enjoy you. Enjoy
5: yourself that. out there. So uh, we'll, we'll get a lot into UFC 264 here. Uh, Dave Ross going to join us in just a little bit. He's going to be hanging out. All week long here on Veasan does great stuff. Uh, we've had him on the show; he co-hosted the show. Uh, so we'll, we'll break down the entire card. Dan Helley might also stop by a little bit later on in the show. Um, but let's take a look at some of the uh, the baseball scores right now uh, around Major League Baseball going on. And are the is it is it time to say the Yankees are, are playing some good ball here, Jeff?
6: Uh, I don't know if I'm willing to go that no, far, not that far. a little bit better. Sure. It couldn't have gotten much worse than it's been, but, uh, but look, they have the, the one thing I will give them is Chad Green's been awesome the last week. And with how bad Chapman has been at the back end of that pen, maybe you look at, a uh, at Chad Green being the, uh, the new closer there for the Yankees. Uh, Green went two more scoreless innings tonight in the seventh and eighth inning, a good win. In Houston uh, for the Yanks tonight, so I right, look. I'm not willing to go all the way there that they're uh, that they're on their way back or anything, but it's been it's been a little bit better this week after the debacle last week against my Mets,
5: Nats and Giants. It's three three uh, through five, so the first five over is uh, going to cash in that one, and the Nats starting Paolo Espino. Uh, he is uh, he has certainly been a a. a Unusual addition to the roster this year, but uh, plus 135 for the Nats, minus 145 uh, across town at the South Point, and that game tied at three in the fifth inning. Um, Always like to see if the Dogs are going to come home, and the Colorado Rockies right now up two to nothing on the San Diego Padres, who had the miracle win last night, down eight to nothing when a relief pitcher hit a grand slam in his first. No, it wasn't his first major league at bat. It was his first major league hit. I think he had a major league at bat a couple years prior. Uh, but tonight, the Colorado Rockies uh, here at circa plus 177 road dogs lead two to nothing. But hey, and no, no, no lead is safe against Padres.
6: You know, I will say this: that was the most perplexing grand slam yeah, since, ki- keep, since, keep since King Felix hit one off of Johan Santana in 2008. That was the, la- the, the, the That is now the most perplexing Grand Slam in the history of Major League Baseball. Do you know the Nats have given up two Grand Slams to pitchers this year? Uh, Wascari Noah was the other one, right? Yep. Yeah. So there you go. That's pretty good that I actually was able to pull I, that I, out of thin air. I was, that
5: was <laughs> very good. I thought I was going to stump you with that. Just like uh, with Jared's uh, knowledge of uh, the, the pitching coach from Notre Dame. <laughs> I knew it. I, it was actually making the waves uh, around uh, social media. The Angels lead 3-2 to over the Mariners. Uh, Shohei Otani hit another home run, and this one might be headed towards Canada. Uh, it was an absolute blast, and it is his 33rd home run of the season, and we showed the odds. He's minus
6: 275 to win the MVP. And I, I don't think it's wrong. No, it I don't think it's wrong. I think he, uh, again... If he makes it to the end of the season in one piece, gonna probably hit fifty home runs. Gonna be one of the better pitchers in the American League. Runaway should be unanimous. Uh, your Mets, yeah, nice, nice win against a horrible team, thirteen to four. Hey, you got to beat those bad. You got to take advantage of it. Uh, ten run in, ten runs, six the difference in that one.
5: Uh, and uh, yeah, so the thirteen to four win for the Mets. I'm trying to see if we had any good, uh, good dogs taking. Uh, Taking care of business. The uh, the, the not
6: really today. Yeah, it's been a pretty ch- chalky day. Texas against Oakland, probably the best one, which uh, Cole Irvin had a no hitter into the sixth and ended up losing the game, which is always what you
5: want. <laughs> um, so uh, there you have a uh, take a look at the uh, the baseball schedule here tonight. We're gonna talk some UFC two sixty four with Dave Ross in, in just a moment. Very interested to see. His thoughts on on the main event. It's going to have a massive handle. The crowd's going to be electric. First full capacity back here in Las Vegas. We saw it in Florida. Uh, We saw it in uh, in Arizona. Going to be different tomorrow night. It's going to be wild. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. The third time for these gentlemen. Last time we saw it, Fight Island. It was a second round TKO by Mr. Poirier. What will happen come Saturday night? Dave Ross in studio next. Stick around. us the Nightcap here on Visa.
2: Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O.
1: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service...
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: It hey, wasn't my, my game. <laughs>
5: This read is uh, going to knock your socks off. Vison is the betting headquarters for UFC 264. We're bringing you in-depth analysis and McGregor Poirier. Main event, plus the key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts. That includes Lou Finnecaro, Reed Kuhn, Jer- Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for your free Vison newsletter to receive our digital guide. And tune in Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, for First Strike. It's a preview show hosted by a guy named Dave Ross. Get everything you need to know for betting UFC 264, and sign up for your free UFC 264 betting guide. Veasan.com backslash free. Speaking of that guy, who's that guy? He's that guy
8: right Who there, Dave hey, Ross, <laughs> in the house I <laughs> mean, from from the tarmac, boop boop boop, right to here. The hottest tarmac apparently in the world yeah. right now. You guys got a lot of things going on in Vegas, coming in from Chicago, and literally. It was too hot to touch down for a while. I saw Dave, Dave tweeted out at D Ross Sports on Twitter. He tweeted
5: out uh, the the current weather in Chicago. He's like, "What's going on? It's 60s." I just texted him. I'm like, "Hey, Dave, you're coming to Vegas, brother? It's 116." <laughs>
8: A little bit, just double us up from Chicago. Like, Incredible. We're used to this, like week one, you know, when Justin Fields maybe is a starter, maybe now we don't know. We expect it to be snowing. <laughs> but you come out here, and literally it's the hottest damn week of all time that I'm stepping into. You're
6: legitimately coming into town when tomorrow, again, we live in a desert, and it might be <laughs> the hottest recorded temperature in the history of the city. the Great. And you get Conor McGregor in town tomorrow right, exactly. Well, he's already here. It's gonna be on fire for I sure. I mean,
5: the uh my my brethren, the the Irish folks, uh, you know, we uh need to ladder up. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if you're a sun sunscreen salesman, this is the greatest weekend of your life. Got Irish people and hundred and sixteen. I mean not a good mix. I mean, or the casinos are just gonna say the, it's
6: grand, nice and, the greatest mix
5: here. <laughs> Bring it on in. We got blackjack. We got slots. We got craps. We got drinks. Come on inside.
8: Stay inside. Yeah, oh, no need to go oh, outside.
5: Uh, we got so much to get to. Yeah. Uh, you can leave whenever you want. Uh, I, you, you're not forced to stay the remainder of the show. But, um, I mean, so many ways to bet yeah. Poirier and, and McGregor. And, obviously, we're going to get your thoughts on the entire card. But you, you got to talk about the main event and uh, Poirier got as high as minus 140, now bumped down a little bit to minus 135. If you really like Poirier and were on it from the jump, you could have got a little plus price mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I think maybe when you were out here, yeah. trying to remember uh, what it was, but uh, how do you just, basic question, when you look at this fight, and we could get into the nuts and bolts and, and the the prop bets and the different ways that you could potentially bet this thing, but just looking at it, Right now, minus 130, buyback, plus 115 on Conor McGregor.
8: How do you handicap this fight? Tim, last time we were together, and we had uh, Biggie Boy was fighting that card. Yep. I was looking at ways to win that fight, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's why I always try to break it down. And there's only one pathway for Conor. Clearly, the diamond has more pathways to victory, yep. right? Because you can see it, certainly, if you just want to go back six months ago with the lead leg kicks that led to the knockout, right? Clearly, he's the better wrestler. So if this fight goes down to the ground, advantage the Diamond. But Conor's that one-trick pony, but the trick is really good, and it's that trigger left hand, right? And I don't think Conor McGregor takes this fight and takes this rematch if, one, he wasn't thoroughly embarrassed in Abu Dhabi, Mm -hmm. and, two, if he doesn't think he can use that pathway to victory. So if you go back to the Nate Diaz fight where he got embarrassed, his first loss in the UFC, I was here for it at UFC 196, and gets submitted in the second round, he basically quit by – You know, going for a double leg takedown when he knew he couldn't get it and he knew he's going to be fish out of water on the ground, that's because he couldn't take the punishment from Nate with the hands. What happened in the rematch? Stunned me because he actually went the distance, went five, and pulled out uh, uh, what I thought. I didn't think he actually won the second fight but still got that decision against Nate Diaz. I don't think he's going to go the distance. You can get good money if you do. I do not believe this fight is going to go the distance tomorrow night. But I think Conor is going to have enough He's going to make enough adjustments from the last fight we saw in Abu Dhabi. And I really think this is a real live dog. You don't get plus money with Conor McGregor very often. I think he got it against Aldo the night he became the featherweight champ. He, but he didn't cash that ticket, yeah, obviously, right. right? But he did cash against Aldo, and Aldo was the greatest featherweight of all time. And then Conor won that belt and then never defended it, right? Then he goes up against Eddie Alvarez, wins that belt at 155, never defends it, and goes on to 170 to fight Nate Diaz, in those two great fights. So I don't think he takes this rematch if he really doesn't believe that in his heart of hearts he can win. We've heard all the stuff about, like, we haven't seen him training. Feels like Rocky IV. You know, he went to Siberia, maybe, possibly. So, wait, so you're...
5: You're breaking news right
8: now. This is ending a war. This is ending the Cold War. All right. All okay.
5: 2.0. I mean, one of the most important movies in, in American it cinema. It really is.
8: <laughs> but, it, but that's what Connor did this time. He stayed away. We haven't seen him on Twitter. Now, obviously, when he got here to Vegas yesterday, he did all the theatrics that you know, expect Connor to do. But leading up to it, we saw some pictures of him on a bike. He right. looked great, right? That's about as much as we could really glean into his training. So if we are to believe that this is a new and improved 2.0 Conor McGregor that's taking it seriously by his own admission. He said he really didn't take the diamond uh, that seriously in Abu Dhabi. I really do think the sterile environment there with no fans hurt mm-hmm. him. I think it's really going to help him tomorrow night. It's a real live dog at plus 115.
6: So, so then just based off of what you're saying then, if we're just looking at the total rounds here, obviously – one-and-a-half with heavy juice on the over right now. But uh, at DraftKings, you can get the uh, the two over two-and-a-half rounds plus 110, kind Ooh. of based off what you're saying. This may be a longer fight than people uh, I- anticipate.
8: Yeah, because, yeah, again, I look at it for the, the second Nate fight, right? Mm-hmm. And he was losing that fight early, and I, I really thought it was over, right? Here it is. The gas tank's going to go, and that's going to be the storyline tomorrow night. If he comes out in that first round, people to think, oh, he's going to throw everything he has and try to get him out of there in the first round. Maybe not. I think he holds back just a little bit because the reserve he showed in the Nate Diaz second fight, people didn't think he had. So if he can maybe check those leg kicks, those league leg kicks that he did not do in Abu Dhabi, if he can figure out a way to be a little bit more mobile so Dustin has to chase him around the octagon in that first round. Look, 2014, we can't forget what happened there. They were featherweights. They were smaller. Mm -hmm. He took him out with relative ease. With that left hand in that first fight, right? So Dustin made the adjustments seven years later, but look for the counter adjustments here from Connor. I could see him getting a second round, possibly into the third round. That's a real dangerous one and a half, but I do like Connor, his pathway to victory. If you like it, you can get even better plus money if you want Connor by KO or TKO. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can win a decision, but I certainly think he can get the knockout and doesn't have to be in the first round.
5: Yeah, and I. From, and we, we're gonna be up against a break here so uh, we'll, we'll carry this over but it, it does feel like everything that you know I've read is Connor's gonna go after him not in Cowboy was such a different fight I mean right. he was such a it was outmatched but is this we'll we'll, we'll, we'll tease it up to the other side sure. but it you know this doesn't seem as clear-cut it felt like it was correlated if you like Connor go under one and a half but kind of the way you're looking at it
8: I think the safer option if you're a backer, is take Connor by K-O-T-K-O, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to worry if it goes deep into the second round, possibly into the third.
5: Dave Ross hanging out with us. Who knows how long. Well, He'll be hanging Until out.
8: Until they kick us out. We'll be if hanging out for kick a while. A lot on UFC
5: 264 <laughs> coming up next. UFC 264 coming up on Saturday night here in Las Vegas. Dave Ross going to be part of our coverage. Just got into town and uh, I, uh, I tricked him and said, don't go to the hotel. Come here
8: and go right to work. <laughs> Uh, where we want, we probably won't pay you for this. But you I know bad I didn't <laughs> I don't have my sport coat. Yeah, that's true. And I would be sweating through it right now. So I'm glad I don't have it on. You'll right be suited
5: now. up, you'll be ready to go. I'll be, tomorrow. I would suited in proper attire. I promise. Bill, don't worry, he'll be in yeah. proper attire tomorrow. sorry. This is on me. Don't dock my pay. This is uh this is on me. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, you'll be part of uh First Strike tomorrow noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. You'll be breaking it all down, looking forward to that coverage uh here on Vsin. So we're, we'll get into the other fights too, sure. but you know, talking to so many of the people on the network, you know, hearing Lou's opinions, Reed Kuhn yesterday, it, it, it's been poie, poi poie. So it, it it felt like, to me, it, it kind of was a sharps versus squares situation because, you know, public guys are going to want to grab plus money on Conor McGregor. Yep. It's interesting to hear, and it, it's good. When you're betting it, you want to hear the other side and why someone who knows this sport would bet on the other side. So... If you get to the window, it does feel like you're going with Connor.
8: Yes, and, and the reason is, and I understand why the Sharps are on Poirier. I do, especially if you just look at Abu Dhabi six months ago, and you right. would say, well, what could possibly change in those six months? And again, I keep referring to the Nate Diaz rematch. That was a relatively quick rematch, too. Connor, right after he lost, said, I want this fight again. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're crazy. He you just got submitted in the second round. You looked awful. You know, why would you want to fight this guy immediately after? He did the same thing here. You can see it if you go back and watch when he loses to Poirier and they're shaking hands. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "Then I, I want to fight you again." It's amazing to me. So his mentality is a little bit different. You know, I was watching the match before I flew out today. I was watching Wimbledon, right? And I'm yeah. watching Djokovic. He had no business winning that that match in three sets today. And the kid he was fighting played a great or, uh, that he was playing played a great match, but he was going up against an all time great. Dustin Poirier is a great fighter. He's going up against an all-time great. And there are subtle differences there. So Poirier, I don't believe, whether he even wins two in a row here ever 20 years from now, is going to be regarded as one of the best lightweights we've ever seen because it'd be had a relatively easy time with him, Mm -hmm. much like he did against Conor, right? But Conor is, because he was the first double champ, because he did win that featherweight crown against Aldo, who was regarded as the best ever, because he did go out and wipe out Alvarez. I know these are a long time ago. But those great fighters always have one more great fight in them. And I really believe we're going to see his best tomorrow night. And again, it's hard to, to quantify because we haven't seen him. And the last time we saw him, he didn't look good. But I just knowing the way he's wired, I, I know that mentally he would not have taken this fight if he thought he was going to get embarrassed again. So I, I understand that you should look at it and say, well, objectively, Poirier should be the favorite, rightfully is the favorite. But I really don't think this is like out of the realm of possibility that Connor gets a second or third round stoppage in this fight. Because you got to remember, you know, Poirier, I think his best win was against Justin Gaethje. And he took a lot of damage Poirier did in coming back and winning that fight. But past that, you know, the, the resume is really good. But the best fight he has is, is against Connor. Right. And that was six months ago. So Connor's going to look to flip that script and erase that from his memory bank like he thinks that he did against Nate Diaz.
6: You mentioned it before, because obviously Fight Island, sterile environment, no fans, tomorrow T-Mobile, oh. that will not be the case. It'll be a, a full boat at T-Mobile, and we know how... Uh, the fan base of Conor McGregor, even though it may not be as full as usual sure. just because of travel restrictions, but you know the Conor fans are going to be out in droves tomorrow night Man. over at T-Mobile Arena. Just how much does that go into the cap of this as
8: well? It's so funny because I, I talked to I have uh, Ricardo Lamas, who was one of the baddest men in, in the planet at 145, oh, and CM Punk, the former wrestler, and I was talking to those guys about it this week, and CM Punk doesn't think it's going to have any effect at all. Ricardo differed a little bit, and so do I. I, I think you're almost not human if it doesn't affect you. So Poirier, good Louisiana kid, right? Good yeah. old US of A. He should have the crowd at his. He's not. No, I, he's going to be the underdog, the decided fan underdog tomorrow night. And I don't want to go back to Ali, you know, Foreman and Zaire in 74 when they're chanting, <laughs> Ali, Bumbaye, Ali, Bumbaye means Ali, kill him. George Foreman said that played into it when he was undefeated and he was supposed yeah. to win that fight easily. And Ali was a little bit maybe past his prime after the great fights with Frazier. So, Connor, it has that same feel. Maybe a little bit past his prime, but he's going to have that, that support of the crowd. The Irish are going to be going nuts, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. tomorrow night. That is a fact of life. It's going to, Poirier's going to hear it, if not feel it, and Conor feeds off it. So I think that if we just disregard it as, well, if they're going to lock the door in the octagon and the fans come in, can't come in and fight, I think that that would be a little bit naive. I really do think that the fans will play a, maybe not a huge role, but a role, and it will be a plus for Conor McGregor.
5: You can follow Dave on Twitter, at Sports and uh, does fine work with Stadium, and uh, we'll be Hosting first uh, first strike uh, tomorrow on VEASAN. And uh, he'll be uh, hanging out in the Lombardi line, right? Mm-hmm. All week. All so week. hanging out with us uh, here on VEASAN all week. Um, going back to the normal size of the octagon. Yeah. I've heard a couple of people bring that up. Does that affect this particular fight? It
8: helps Conor again. That's yeah. another small advantage for him mm-hmm. because he's going to want to, if he can, use distance. And again, with that boxer stance that he has and that lead, lead leg is exposed... And that was a problem in Abu Dhabi. Right. He was way too flat-footed, and I don't think that he thought that the diamond was going to attack him the way he did. Well, he knows that now, right? So say what you want about Conor McGregor, he's not a stupid fighter, right? right? So he's going to make that adjustment. If he gets beat up with lead leg kicks in this first round again, I'm going to be like, oh, what the hell is going on? Like, right. what, did right. you, what did you? What did you do? What on your bicycle yeah. in yeah. Ireland?
3: <laughs> your,
6: your, your handicap of he was only took this fight if he knew he was going to be in it and taking it seriously,
8: He'd get thrown out right the window. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're going to know right away if he comes out with the exact, which he, he didn't do against Nate, and I don't expect him to do this tomorrow night. So really, what's the counter for the diamond? And the counter for the diamond, to me, if I'm a diamond guy, is wrestle. Like, it, it, that would be what I would implore him to do because if he goes out to try to get the leg kicks again and you miss all of a sudden, then your balance is off. Remember, right. Conor still won that first round in Abu Dhabi, even with his leg getting chopped up. But he still won it on the judges' scorecards. But the problem was the damage was done. Right. Right? And then when he got in the second round, and it got off balance, and here comes the right hand. And so the, the stoppage wasn't because of the leg kicks. Ultimately, it was the knockout, right? But it was the leg kicks that set it all up. So if I'm the diamond this time around, i got to figure out a way. Can I get a double leg? Because you go to the Habib fight, okay? And what did Habib do to Conor in that first round? First minute of the first round Secured a takedown and wore him out for four minutes. Now, there wasn't a lot of damage done, but the gas tank yeah. just got drained by Connor in that first round and that affected him. Really kudos to Connor for going four that night. So if that's that would be what I would try to do if I'm the diamond in this one. Go the Habib route. Don't go the Abu Dhabi route, because that's not going to be there for him if, if he makes the proper adjustments, which I think Connor will do. That's the chess match that those two guys are going to have. So if I'm the if I'm the Diamond, look for a double leg. That could be the best way to really drain Connor in this uh, in this rematch here.
5: And that kind of goes to and I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to you here, Jeff. But that that kind of goes to I think it was Adam Hill on the show. He said submission might be a way to look at Poirier if yes. you like that. Uh, in this
8: yeah, fight. I don't expect him to get another knockout. Like, I don't see that playing out that same way. So if you were a diamondbacker in this one, and, and I could see that pathway very easily, if he could get the takedown, wear him out like Beebe did, and eventually, as beebe did, get a rear naked, sink something, and Nate Diaz did the same thing in their first fight.
6: No way this goes the distance, right? No, no, impossible. no, no impossible. way, impossible. impossible. <laughs> Which means impossible. that's going <laughs>
8: right. to happen, right? Well, Nate, here's the thing, because that's what I said in the Nate Diaz part two fight. Ah, this is, can't go the distance, can't, and certainly Conner can't win a decision, right. Going the distance, right? That's the longest money on the board, of course. Yeah, uh, right? yeah, uh,
6: they, it, it, McGregor by submission. By rem- oh, right, right, right. That, is, that,
8: is, that by the way, yeah. will not happen. And McGregor. a draw, no draw. A draw, a draw. Oh, a draw. A draw is all a, if stuff. a draw
6: happens, then I don't know if the city exists tomorrow. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, there's
5: just those, those feel like Poirier by submission. I'm just looking over the shoulder right now is eight to one.
8: That's good. Like, again, if you're a Poirier backer yeah. in this one, that's yeah. a good way to maybe stretch out your money. Cause again, people are going to look at that and say, oh, he's going to knock him out again. No, I don't think that's the case. Submission would be a better way to go, as we just discussed. Cause again, Nate Diaz, easy submission victory in the second round when Connor shot because he was tired. Right. And Abib wore him out. Connor was tired. And all of a sudden, got the rear naked. And really, it was a cross face that finished him. wasn't right. even underneath the chin, but that's how exhausted Connor was by that fourth round. I could see that 8 to 1. If if Poirier is going to catch, that might be the way it does.
5: Talking to Dave Ross, who will be a part of our coverage of UFC 264 tomorrow. First strike at
8: noon Eastern. Can I, you guys I, tell that I'm really excited for the fight A little tomorrow, bit. Just it, a little bit fired up. You know,
5: it's funny because I want to go down the card, but, you know, we're up against the top of the hour here, so I want to save that, uh, you know, tease it. So, I guess just you know final thought on this, and we'll revisit yeah. you know Poirier and McGregor here a little bit later on. Um, yeah, you look at so McGregor by by KO is is plus 145. What would be your favorite play for this? Would it be? Do you not? Do you say don't get cute and just go Connor to win? Plus one ten.
8: I would take Connor KOTKO. Okay. That would be the that's that's plus what plus maximi- one forty five. Yep. That maximizes your money a have bit better than the plus one fifteen that you get yep. here at Circa, right? Because again, because Jeff, I don't think that he can get that decision victory. Uh-huh. He's not going to submit the diamond, right? Right. So the one pathway to victory is KOTKO. I don't want to get cute with the one and a half. That's real dangerous to me. It yeah. feels dangerous because I could see Connor getting this late in round two, early in round three. Uh, but I definitely think if he wins, it's K-O-T-K-O, so I'm going to take that plus 140, one, plus 145.
5: All right, so there you have it. Uh, some thoughts on, uh, just some thoughts, just a, just just a couple. couple. Just a couple. A couple. Um, uh,
8: might have a couple more.
5: I don't know how you're going to do an hour show.
8: I mean, <laughs> my goodness, are you kidding me? There's no way. <laughs>
5: <laughs> They'll cut your mic off, you're just going to keep talking.
8: Can we do a four-hour show? We'll just do it right up to the first fight.
5: Um, but no, Dave is going to do a phenomenal job tomorrow, first strike at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, Here on VEASAN, breaking down UFC 264. He's hanging out all week. He'll be filling in on the Lombardi line. uh, So make sure to check that out. We're going to get further down the card because even though it is the main event, there are a lot of other very intriguing fights, including the co-main event Mm -hmm. uh, that you, uh, Mr. Parles, very interested oh. in
6: i, I think uh, i think dave and i uh, hearing what dave had to say when he walked in i think he and i are going to be seeing eye to eye though. oh Ooh,
5: really I Two so. Mets fans like two peas in a pod. i like it <laughs> it's the nightcap another hour to go right here on Vison
3: hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo oh and you watched it yeah it was so cool i think you're so talented
0: Get in zone,
4: AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today?
0: My check engine lights on.
4: Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free FixFinder service can help find the fix for free. Get
0: in zone. This whole report for free?
4: That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get
0: in zone. But what if the fix is too tough?
4: We'll recommend a local shop. FixFinder only at AutoZone.